Right to be read podcast, episode number 130. Interview with Alex Baker. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. It's me, Ani Alexander, and today I'm really excited to share with you a piece of news. So, If you have been following my podcast, you have already most probably noticed that I'm really excited about the new live streaming platform, which is called Blab. And some of you have already even seen how I'm recording some of the podcast episodes live on Blab. So recently, I decided to launch an online course about how to grow your audience and your brand with Blab. The course is called Blab Traction and I'm preparing it right now. It will be ready and I will launch it on November 1st. But before that, I am pre-selling it to my audience at a ridiculously low price, plus with a very special bonuses. The limited time bonuses and price offer will be available only for the first 35 registered students. So if you are interested, please check out the page and all the details at www.publishmybook.today backwards slash blab, B-L-A-B. I really, really will be happy if you check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, so now we can go back to our episode and start the interview which I'm having today. Today, I am talking to Alex Baker, who is by day a pharmacist, by night a hero to his two daughters and wife, and by early morning a business owner. His mission is to help men and women find a disciplined approach to success in life and business. And I highly recommend his podcast called 66 Days Experiment. And in this interview, we will be talking about habits, motivation, and writing a book. So let's start. Hello there, Alex. Welcome to the Write to be Read podcast. I'm really happy to have you over. Hi, Annie. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I discovered your podcast, which was very uh, interesting in, in the original <laughs> in terms of ideas, because, you know, usually when you're listening to podcasts, you have this, uh, this big bunch of podcasts who interview entrepreneurs and, mm-hmm. you know, something around that. And then, you know, smaller niches about different topics. Basically, I mean, that's the vision I'm having when I'm looking at, <laughs> at the charts of the podcast. And yeah. your idea of actually doing this 66 days experiment was really kind of, you know, standing out in terms of idea itself like being original and the content itself so it was kind of something completely different and i really admire your courage uh, of (laughs) really kind of you know opening up and and sharing whole 60 days of your um, life including personal life that's that's like really really (laughs) admirable well thank you i appreciate that so how did you come up with the idea of, of you know, actually um, doing what you did? And maybe you can tell briefly what, what we're talking here about. <laughs> sure. I'll, the true story is uh, I've been at this online entrepreneur game for about three years. And uh, I've uh, 
I've copied just about everybody (laughs) who was teaching how to do business online. I've, um, I've tried to create, uh, online courses and sell those. I've created, uh, books and sold those on Amazon. I've sold things on Amazon and eBay. I've created niche websites and authority websites. I've sold services on Elance and Odesk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've had success in some areas and I've had a lot of, I guess, what people would call uh, failures. Yeah. And one day I was reading a book by Jonah Berger called Contagious. Um, it's about how and why uh, ideas get spread and especially in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And the first idea uh, for any business that if you want something to be contagious and to be shared naturally be- between people is that your idea has to be unique. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that no one else is doing that people want to talk about. And I realized after reading that chapter that I'm not doing anything that's worth talking about. Okay. And yeah. Maybe some people would say, oh, Alex, you know, you're being too hard on yourself. And I thought, well, you know, my, my ideas are not really all that original. And so I started to think about this idea of originality and what's being done. And uh, I have an idea journal. That's where I write down five to ten ideas that I have uh, every day. Mm-hmm. And one of those ideas one day was to record myself doing something for 66 days. And that came from a study done by the University of College of London, where they found that it takes 66 days to uh, permanently form a habit. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Yeah. And and when I wrote that down, I said, no way. <laughs> <laughs> that it scared me uh, half to death to think about even doing something like that, recording myself on a daily basis and talking about my habits. And so I put it away. Um, and that was probably around April or May of 2015. And then about three months later, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this because it's unique. No one else is doing anything like it. And I've always wanted to become the kind of person who, when he says he's going to do something, is actually going to do it. I've always struggled Uh with, (laughs) I've always struggled with following through on my word. And um, especially when it came to habits And so for 66 days, I read a book a day and I exercise daily. Okay, I see. Well, you said something which I want to kind of, you know, um, take through the paradigm of writers. You said Mm -hmm. that you actually had the idea, but you you were afraid and you didn't start it until three months later. So I know many writers who have an idea of writing a book and the desire to do so, but um, they are afraid of failures and they have different other mindset obstacles on the way. So they just tell that they would like to do that and they don't. And like I also had a statistics that said 81% wants to write a book and only 1% does. So can you, I mean, based on your experience with the podcast, because the situations are similar, can you explain how did you overcome that? And how did, I mean, what made you actually go ahead and do it? 
That's a combination of things. Um, first, I would want to say that um, a mantra on my show, and I say it pretty much on every episode, is that there there is no such thing as failure. There is only feedback. And what that means is if you're a scientist, like take, for example, uh, Thomas Edison, and you want to create the light bulb, you're not going to create it in one go. There's no such thing <laughs> as a scientist trying something in one go and then giving up and saying, well, I'm just not going to keep trying. Every time you, quote, fail at something, that's a learning experience. And you've probably heard that. It's, it's getting really popular right now to talk about failure and how we view failure is, is incorrect. Yeah, and well, James Altucher called that a failure porn <laughs> these days <laughs> <laughs> because everyone starts started glorifying failure, actually, and telling that it's something good. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could talk about that for a while. Um, and, you know, one example that came to mind is, do you, have you ever heard of the singer Megan Trainer? Uh, no. She sang that song all about that bass. <laughs> Okay. Have you heard that? No. <laughs> um, she came out of nowhere to most people. And I I don't know how I saw this because I'm not really into popular culture. And and someone said like where like I don't remember how the question was worded, but it was essentially asking like how, how have you ha- treated this overnight success? And the funny thing is, is that he apparently didn't know anything about Megan because she has she's been singing and performing for years and sometimes that's sometimes that's what it takes in order to get to the level that where you want to be it takes years of hustling of failing of trying new things of you know doing the things that no one else wants to do in order to get your message your product your creation your business excuse me, out in the, in the forefront. And I mean, when you say like, what, what, what exactly took you to the point where you launched? I would say it's probably a combination of things. Um, it's the people who I surround myself with in my peer groups, in my masterminds. They push me to continually seek um, improvement or kaizen, uh, which is the Japanese word for that. Or uh, another factor was my coach at the time. I have a business coach, and he's continually pushing me to try harder mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. business. Um, and a part of it is probably a grit, the quality of grit, which is a long-term passion and perseverance for goals. Um it's a the the way I'm using it is uh, a psychological way. There's a lot of research in the last few years to show that people have this one quality called grit, uh, have lots of success in nearly every, every realm of life: athletics, musicians, professionals. When you have grit, you can pursue those habits. You can pursue those things that are challenging and have success. That, that's what I would say, as you said earlier, the 
that's the one character quality that they all have in common, that they are gritty. Okay, I see. So, do you develop that skill or it's something that you either have or you don't? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, you know, is, is greatness born or is it created or is it thrusted upon oneself? I've, I've done a lot of research in this, truthfully. Um, and actually, I put a lot of my research into uh, a free course that I created on my website. And a part of that is talking about grit and what grit is. Um, luckily, they've, they're doing research now to show that growing your grittiness is possible. They did a study on uh, students and they found that uh, when they did uh, this exercise – they were actually able to <laughs> become more grittier, uh, which they they uh, now have a scale and a questionnaire to fill, figure out how gritty you are. But they also found that these students were more likely to do better in school, um, have long-term better grade performance, and also have uh, better outcomes in their careers. Would you would you like me to share some of those questions that they asked them? Yeah, absolutely. It would be wonderful. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So the first thing that they had these students do was they asked them what their most important uh, wish or goal was related to. And I think for you, uh, it's probably writing a book. Yeah, uh, for most of those who listen, yes, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, this sort of goal or wish should be done, something that can be done within a few months. And if you put your mind to it, anyone can write a book. Uh, if Gary Vaynerchuk can write a book in like a day or a couple of days, uh, you can do it in a few months. Then the next thing you should do is write down the best possible outcome for fulfilling this goal. So if you write a book, what's the best possible thing that you can imagine? Maybe it's creating uh, a few hundred dollars extra in your bank account. Or maybe it's becoming a New York Times bestseller. Then, and this is probably uh, the first most important question, and that is to write down as many obstacles that, that could prevent you from achieving your goal or wish. Uh -huh. and so when I think about the experiences I've had with writing books and the, and the obstacles I know I would have, it is, uh, number one, uh, finding the time to actually do it. Uh, number two, it would probably be the lack of motivation dur during that time to oh, yeah. write my book, <laughs> um, possibly lack of organization or maybe even discipline when thinking about the bigger picture of what the book is. Uh, those would be mine. The, uh, the sub-question of this main one is to ask, where does your obstacles occur? In, in what place? Are you in front of your computer? Are you in your bed because you don't want to get out of bed to do the work? Um, what time of day does it happen? And then, and this is the second most important question and the one that you probably should spend the most time thinking about. And it's that, what can you do specifically to overcome your obstacle? What action or behavior can you do that would help you overcome this obstacle. And when you look at this in a bigger picture, you, you would realize that 
after filling out that last question, you've kind of created an if-then mm-hmm. uh, scenario. If you feel a lack of motivation, then you will watch uh, one five-minute YouTube video about motivation. <laughs> um, if you don't feel like getting out of bed, then you will place your alarm clock 20 feet away from your bed so that you are forced out of your bed. Um, this, this idea of creating an if-then scenario is what really helped me uh, master some habits like uh, getting up at 4.30 a.m. every day because I have a daytime job and the mornings are really the only time I have in order to work on my business. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, I mean, do I understand correctly that if you go through this exercise, you will basically end up with a plan in place that you just need to be disciplined enough to stick to and follow? Yes. Um, Essentially, you would have your backup plan for when you don't feel like doing something. Yeah. When you don't feel like doing something, you're obviously not a gritty person. You don't have that long-term passion and perseverance for a goal. Um, But if you understand how important something is, like writing a book for you, then you're going to come up with ways to get over the things that will naturally stop yourself. Okay, so let's talk about your personal experience of writing books. I mean, what exactly uh, kept you actually going until the end and completing the book? I mean, because I'm sure that in between you, you did have these unmotivated days and you didn't feel like writing once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, what, I mean, in the beginning, it's easy. The first one week or 10 days, you may end up <laughs> writing every day because you're motivated. You're just, you know, it's still fresh. You you know, your your enthusiasm is still in place. And then, eventually it starts drying out and then you know uh, it's more difficult to keep going on with the time so what was your experience how did you dealt with those let's say you know um, not so good days yeah I have those all the time I still do Um, I write for some major uh, websites like entrepreneur and Huffington Post and Uh I get unmotivated with those every time (laughs) (laughs) and the same thing happens with my books does this happen to you Annie where like you finish you know maybe 80 to 90 percent of it but you have like that last 20 to 10 percent left of your writing and you just don't want to finish it because it's like the most difficult portion to edit Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it definitely happens to me, not only in that portion, it happens to me periodically in different portions of the book. (laughs) Yeah. And the latest parts for me are difficult uh, for a different reason, to be honest. I am kind of, you know, uh, every time I'm completing a book and it's done and it's finished in terms like Mm -hmm. the first draft, let's say, which later on I have to self-edit. First of all, I hate self-editing. So once 
I know yes. that, you know, this process is coming closer. I already feel kind of, you know, <laughs> very unmotivated because that's like <laughs> my most unliked um part of the process let's say and second somehow i don't know if this happened to you or not but when i'm finishing a book i kind of i feel empty for a while because you know you're in this process you're in this book you're doing it and then once it's done and then it's kind of it feels like you know some kind of emptiness comes away along mm. so so i usually don't really like that this last part of writing the book when you're almost there to finish it because i'm getting like two uh, not so pleasant things like the empty feeling and at the same time this you know upcoming self editing task which which i have to go through anyway <laughs> yeah what do you do to like get over that, 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 especially that first one. Cause I can really identify with the self editing and how much I hate doing that. Well, actually, I mean, what I'm doing is, uh, first of all, I'm looking at it like there is no option of not doing it. So for me, it's like the job part of the thing you, you follow your passion <laughs> like you follow your passion and mm -hmm. you enjoy the process you love the writing part and you are a writer but I also realized that being a writer also includes things that are things that are part of being a writer but are not necessarily the enjoyable part but it's a package you know you can't really just enjoy writing and be a writer and then leave your things in the drawer and just you know um, enjoy the days just going around and just writing things without sharing them with the world so basically for me like you know that part the self-editing part dealing with the criticism and you know one-star reviews which eventually come sooner or later you know maybe not too many but still you know it's something you have to deal with and the vulnerability of taking the things out there and and just you know allowing people to criticize your writing because you've, mm -hmm. you've already put out there. So those are the things for me that are, you know, it's not optional. It's not up to me. It's not like either I like it and I do it or I don't. Either I want to do it or not. It's just, you know, it's like when you work in corporate, no matter whether you like your job or your boss or you don't, at 9 a.m. you have to be in the office. It's just, it's not discussable, right? So it's part mm -hmm. of your job. So that's how I view that. So I, you know, maybe I don't enjoy it. Maybe it's difficult to do, but I just force myself to do that because I know that, you know, there is no discussion there. There is no other option. This is something you just have to pass because, you know, you have chosen to be a writer. That's your choice. And that's part of your choice too. I find that I, if I just hand it off to someone else, that works out really well for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even, uh, you mean editors, right? Yeah. Like I have, I have a ghostwriter and an editor. And if I'm facing that, uh, man, I don't want to do this. And mm. usually it's because I don't have the time to do it. Yeah. I usually send it over to my editor to make it look pretty oh i see well yeah, that I, helps a lot 
Yeah, I mean, editors, uh, we definitely need them. Whether we self-edit the thing or not, they, they are like, you know, it's not, there's no discussion. Editors are really needed. In my case, even more because I, English is not my native language. So, you know, in my case, editors have even more fun editing my texts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in, that, that is undiscussable. But I mean, maybe with nonfiction, it's a bit different. You can get away by not self-editing and going through your book but when you are writing a novel for example you know you need to go through it at least once before you send it to the editor so uh, I'm right yeah but with nonfiction, yeah I guess just handing it over to someone else is the perfect solution <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah it is for me oh uh, yeah so um, okay so you uh, what made you actually complete i mean when you didn't feel that motivated which were the thoughts or what did you do that kept you actually go ahead and finish writing the book like having it done what was your because i mean for for writers that's what they do it's you know their main thing but if someone just decided to write a book and it's something you know along with the other stuff that you're already doing, you you know, the temptation to, to just give it up is bigger, right? Yeah. It's easy to give up, especially when you don't tell anyone that you're doing it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, I think a part of the success of my show, honestly, that I was telling people what I was doing and people were like, whoa, okay, he's actually doing it and he's recording himself doing it. Um, having that accountability piece is so important to accomplishing anything. That's why I have a coach and a mastermind. If I didn't have people who were continually pushing me on a weekly basis, um, I can tell you now I, I wouldn't be here talking to you. I probably would have given up a while ago. Okay, I see. So, uh, so you think that, you know, uh, you do need external thing i mean external uh, factors to keep you actually accountable one uh, can can one like do it himself like self motivate and self discipline kind of stuff or it's too hard and you know sooner or later one will give up what do you think i mean there's those stories out there where you know especially movies glorify the the w one man who changes the world through preservation and he had no help at all. And I think that's possible. I think it's definitely doable. Um, I just don't think it's the smartest way. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it's extremely important that everyone surround themselves with people who challenge you, who want to make you better than where you are now. Um, yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, it reminds me of the saying that if you're the smartest person in the room, you should change the room, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're hanging out in the wrong crowd. It feels good yeah. to be the smartest person in the room, but um, you're not going to Yeah, learn but much. it's damaging in a sense that you stay like that, uh, you know, you don't grow anymore because you're not motivated to grow. Exactly. You're the smartest one anyway. So, and there's, it makes no sense to, to actually torture yourself further. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, so to answer your question, yes, I think it's possible. Um, I just don't 
advise doing it that way because it's it's just really easy to give up to face whatever resistance you have and to say you know what i'm not going to do this okay i see well let's let's get to the habit part and to what you did over 66 days i mean i had read robin sharma's um monk saltis ferrari the monk who saltis ferrari and he talks about habits too but he mentions the number of days being 21 i think or something like that yeah so um so 66 is kind of you know much much more <laughs> than 21 <laughs> so, yeah so it's um what were the results like did you end up with really kind of you know strongly established habits as a result i mean were these things that you were kind of doing as new habits did they stick with you and now you do them effortlessly and you know you don't really have to think about that anymore or like what was the end result good question uh after 66 days of reading a book a day and exercising i can say that it is not very difficult for me to follow through with the habits that i established um, okay, but, but if you're, if you're wondering, did, have I missed days? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've missed days. Um, I, I'm not perfect <sighs> and there are definitely days that I sleep in. Uh, I don't exercise. Uh, some days I don't read, but those days are rare. Um, and it's the change I exactly, that's, that's what I wanted. I've been begging for this to happen for a while in my life. And it feels good to finally say, okay, I'm actually doing some healthy things with my body. <laughs> okay, I see. So is it like, I mean, you don't even think about it. It just happens like brushing your teeth or, you know, the things that you do on daily basis that are, you know, small things, but it's something that you don't even think about. It's just, you know, it's so natural. It comes so naturally that you don't even think about that or you still have to kind of, you know, monitor the things to make sure it happens. I would say the triggers and the routines to get them started occur naturally. Uh, for example, every morning I do pull-ups mm -hmm. and I do that while my coffee is being made. And it the trigger is, is fairly simple. Uh, once my coffee is brewing, I then begin to do my pull-ups. Uh -huh. uh, that occurs naturally just because I'm not doing anything um, and my pull-up pull -up bar thing is right next to where my coffee is. Uh -huh. So that just happens kind of like that. My other exercise habits um, are not that way, I have to say. I The trigger is there to do my other exercise routines, but they um, there, there definitely is more resistance to doing them than there is uh, the push. But for that, the trigger is my... Um, I guess my getting ready morning routine, like doing, uh, getting my shower in and um, brushing my teeth, that's when I do those exercises. And the reading a day habit has uh, stuck. And again, it's, it's about a, a simple trigger to get that started. And for me, what I do is I spend my uh, lunch breaks uh, reading 
during mm-hmm. the entire thing. And, and in order to do that, I have to bring a book from home. And so I just pack a book in my lunch bag on my way to work. Ah, uh, okay. I see. So um, what about, like, you went through this 66-day experiment. And I, I mean, as far as I know, you didn't pick up just one habit. You started with several, right? You ended up with establishing several habits at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, um, how hard was that? I mean, what would you advise? Uh, should one uh, just pick one habit and just establish that and go to the next, or how more complicated it was to to start with several at the same time? What would I advise? Um, when I when I talk to people about starting habits, um, the easiest way to get started in my opinion, is to start uh, insanely small that it's almost laughable how small you start. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the easiest thing to maintain. So like when, waking up five minutes earlier than usual? Yes. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like it, it, should, be, it should be something that, you know, if you told someone else, they may laugh at you. Okay. Like for me, um, I... I have never exercised daily in my life. Uh, well, that's not completely true. I, I kind of got ripped in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, but besides, besides that, um, ever since I left college and I didn't have people who were around me that wanted to work out, I really haven't exercised all that much, um, especially on a daily basis. And so to get started on that, what I told myself I was going to do was, for example, just one pull-up a day. And that, to most people, would scoff at, especially athletes or people who are, you know, already really in shape. They would say, dude, you're not pushing yourself. You're not getting anything done. How can you expect to get Get any stronger? Yeah, uh But over time, that has uh, built a lot of strength in me because I did just do one pull-up a day for about a week. And then I started doing more. Uh, some days I do uh, 15. But um, uh, the reason why I pick one and one is still my target goal is because when I am thinking about not doing the habit, I realize how simple it is. One pull up is not a whole lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that is the key in order to maintain a habit because if you try to do something like say I'm I want to ru- run three miles a day well you may do that for two days or say you want to write and you write for two days and then on the third day you don't want to do it well that's maybe because the goal is too big Maybe writing a thousand words a day is too much for you. Uh-huh. But if you started at 50 words a day rather than 500, then maybe you'll do it because oh, yeah. it's easy. It's simple. Mm-hmm. And honestly, actually, that, that was an excuse me. That was another goal that I had was to write 50 words a day. And I found that on most days I was writing an average of anywhere from 400 to 500 words a day. But on some days, all I had was 50 words. And keeping the change so small 
really helped me maintain what I was doing. Okay, I see. Well, it's it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I guess um, the one of the last questions I'm going to ask you is, you know, when one looks at 60 days experiment, even when mm-hmm. you start small, just realizing that you have to do this for 66 days, which sounds quite a lot. I mean, but the duration itself is not a small step. You see what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, if I knew that I was going to do this thing for five days or 10 days, it would be more probable that I would just jump in and, and start. But looking at 66 days, it kind of scares things off a bit. So, uh, so when you were starting this thing and you knew you had to stick to 66 days, what helped you actually kind of motivate yourself and start? Well, um, motivation, yeah, just quick, quick thing about motivation. Uh, motivation is, is a fleeting thing. Um, we get motivated after we watch uh, a graduation speech of Steve Jobs we feel motivated when we see the success of someone else and we want a little bit of that mojo in our life. Um, motivation is kind of like our emotions. They almost lie to us on how we actually feel or what we actually want. Most days, you will not feel motivated. I'll be honest with you. Even today, I woke up 4.30 a.m. and I thought, man, I do not want to get up. I just want to stay here and lie here in bed. But there's another factor, and it's called willpower. When we have willpower, we want to make the decision to do something as simple and as small as possible. Because when we have, when the decision is placed before us to either do something or not do something, like to write daily for a book, and we say to ourselves, the willpower to do something so small, like writing 50 words a day, the willpower is strong to do that because it doesn't take much. It wouldn't take a whole lot of time to do that. But you may not have a whole lot of motivation on certain days. And that's when these small steps make so much uh of a powerful force in your life because it doesn't take all that much to get started. When we do these small steps, you don't need motivation. You don't have to feel motivated in order to take action. You have the willpower to do your small and simple habit. And for me, uh, reading a book a day (laughs) was not easy. I wouldn't recommend anyone do that. (laughs) Unless like, uh, you know, you're on vacation and you have enough money saved up to do something like that. Um, Unless you know how to speed read, it's very difficult to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, it takes a lot of time apart from anything else. So, yeah, (laughs) I can imagine how hard it was. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's why I recommend that Don't rely on your motivation. I think you should just focus simply on the smallest step possible. Okay, I see. Well, if we try to wrap this up, like, you know, we went through the 
habits, we spoke about motivation and willpower, we spoke about starting small and uh, and we spoke about accountability and about how important it is that, you know, other people around you actually keep you accountable and, you know, make you remember what you committed for. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the other I mean, the the other side of this story, uh, what about encouragement? How important is getting encouragement from the people around you? And uh, what to do if you don't get it? Wow. Um, well, I, would, I would say it's an extremely important. It has to be. Um, for example, I um, am married. And if my wife wasn't on board with the things that I do in my business, um, I probably maybe would have given up. Um, there are days when I feel like not doing um, my show or working on my business or trying to grow what it is now. Um, and the first part of that is just speaking it, making sure that you get out those feelings, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I never thought I would have said anything like that. But it's important. Often fear, lack of motivation, um, lack of feeling like doing some of these things, especially writing a book, uh, is it's amorphous. And what I mean by that is the reasons for not doing things or for giving up always change in your mind. They always take a different shape or form. For example, uh, a fear that I've had is, uh, what if no one listens to my show and they think I'm stupid? Mm-hmm. Well, that would be seen as failure. And then another fear I've had is, what if the show gets so popular and my whole life gets scrutinized? That's the fear of success. But how is that possible? <laughs> how can I be afraid of fe- of failure and success at the same time? That doesn't make any sense. What that's why it's so important for you to uh, what I do often is when I'm when I'm feeling extremely uh, like giving up or fearful, I often will write down some of these fears and that way I take away its amorphous power. I nail it down to a coffin and say, okay, this is what I'm actually mentally dealing with right now. And then I write down the simple truths of what I know. Um, this helps me dissipate any fear that comes back in my mind. Uh, this is often an exercise I do when I'm feeling like giving up for like a week. Uh, and honestly, uh, I had that for a couple of weeks ago. Um, in between my seasons of my 66 day experiment, I felt like giving up. I felt like saying, you know what, this isn't getting the results that I wanted. I'm just gonna throw in the towel and give up. But I, I knew the moment I thought that, that that really wasn't the right emotion to have. I know that every person who's ever created something amazing has had the fear of giving up. And honestly, that's when I know, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I need to keep pushing, need to keep going. And that's what I recommend for you. If you're going to write a book, your first one may not be a New York Times bestseller, but it may help hundreds of people, thousands of people. So that's get if you get started today, you don't know what will happen 
mm-hmm. you know, many months down from now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I almost gave up my podcast twice up to now. Uh, so, yeah. so it it happens, and uh, you know, um, if you uh, and you know, it's it, it happens um, more often when you actually skip an episode or two, and then it's so easy to actually kind of okay, you know, I I already didn't put on the one and the second one, so you know, it piles up somehow, and getting back to it, it becomes much harder. So. And then you think, and then you think, well, no one messaged me about my show, and if it's coming, so does anyone care? Oh yeah, that's what I thought actually. Uh, the the first time I was trying to give up, I mean, I I thought about giving up. Uh, was uh, that's exactly what happened. I I missed one episode, and then I said, okay, no one noticed I missed one, so I missed two, and and I was seriously debating about whether I should spend so much time creating content that no one needs and you know that no one listens to anyway if they don't care whether it's there or not because we I had a fixed schedule until then for over a year already so uh, that's when I started receiving messages asking what happened to the show and where are the episodes and it kind of you know I got back to that but if I didn't I I don't know what I would do, to be honest. I'm not sure. Well, I'm glad you kept pushing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I mean, since we have to actually wrap this up, um, let's just tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to get some more. Because, you know, we had quite a deep discussion today. And, you know, it's, um, and it was more global in a sense that, you know, it wasn't only about writing, it it can actually change a lot in 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 the lives of the people so it's not really in just the sphere of writing so it was kind of you know more important i guess so where should they go to get in touch with you or see what else you're doing or get some more insights about what we spoke yeah for most of the stuff that we just talked about uh, i podcast and host all this stuff from 66dayexperiment.com. And there I've got a couple of free tools on creating your habits and also a free uh, course about starting and thinking about what habit you should you should accomplish and that is for seven days. So I would love it if you would check it out and give me feedback. Hopefully it can help you establish that one habit that you are thinking about right now that you want to do, but you're like, oh, I don't know how to get started. So I would love to help you get that one thing started. Okay, guys, choose one thing and get to Alex's website to actually start establishing that one thing. Okay, well, thank you very much for being uh, on the show. It was really nice and it was uh, definitely different (laughs) from the rest. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks a lot for sharing your knowledge with us. Well, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Well, it seems like that was all I had for you today. Please don't forget to check out the upcoming Blab Traction course at www.publishmybook.today.com. Backward slash blab. 
B-L-A-B, and keep creating awesome stories with your words. Have a great week and I'll meet you at the next episode.